ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so last week then we did the introduction Regarding this uh, next section <coughs> of the fiqh, of dua, of supplication. And we said that this section now, it is going to deal with, in particular, some of the different types of dua that you do during the day that you would do in the mornings, in the evenings, in the night before sleeping, after the prayers, etc. So the first section that it begins with here, it says, أَذْكَارُ طَرَفَيِ النَّهَارِ إِنَّ مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ وَالْأَدْعِيَةِ الرَّاتِبَةِ الَّتِي وَظَّفَهَا الشَّرْعُ الْحَكِيمُ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ فِي يَوْمِهِ وَلَيْلَتِهِ أَذْكَارَ طَرَفَيْ النَّهَارِ بَلْ هِيَ أَوْسَعُ الْأَذْكَارِ الْمُقَيَّدَةِ وَأَكْثَرُهَا وُرُودًا فِي النُّصُوصِ حَثًّا عَلَيْهَا وَتَرْغِيبًا فِيهَا وَذِكْرًا لِأَنْوَاعٍ كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ تُقَالُ فِي هَذَيْنِ الْوَقْتَيْنِ الْفَاضِلِينَ The first section here then, it talks about the supplications that you do at the two opposite ends of the day. Meaning early in the morning and late in the evening. The types of supplications that would occur early in the morning and late in the evening. And those two times are mentioned as virtuous times. They are mentioned as virtuous times throughout the Quran and the Sunnah. You see that, for example, in Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 41 and 42 Allah says Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira Oh you who believe Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Oh you who believe And remember it, it, it is mentioned from the salaf that when you hear an ayah beginning with Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu Whenever you hear an ayah beginning like that Then pay extra attention to the ayah Because it will either be a commandment from Allah Or a prohibition So pay extra attention to the ayat when you hear them beginning, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. So here Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, dhkurullaha dhikran kathira. O you who believe, 
Remember Allah with plentiful remembrance. Remember Allah. <coughs> the dua, the supplication, plentifully. Make sure that you do it in a great amount of that remembrance. وَسَبِّحُوهُ And do the tasbih of Allah. Bukratan wa asila in the morning and in the evening because bukratan refers to the morning and asila refers to the evening meaning after asar up until maghrib so the ayah is telling us that one of the times of virtue for the remembrance of Allah is in the morning and in the evening. Evening here referring to between Asr and Maghrib. Similarly, Allah mentions, وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ Surah Ghafir number 55. Again, to do the tasbih of Allah, the praise of Allah, your Lord, bil-ashiyyi wa al-ibkar. Al-ashi is the end of the day, and al-ibkar is the beginning of the day. So again, it is highlighting the opening of the day and the ending of the day, those two times as being times of virtue. ومحل هذه الأوراد هو الصباح الباكر من بعد صلاة الصبح إلى قبل طلوع الشمس. So when we say the early part of the day, the morning time, when exactly is that? That is from after the fajr prayer up until sunrise. After the Fajr prayer, up until just before sunrise. That time period is the time period being referenced for these early morning adhkar. For these early morning supplications and remembrances. From the time when you've prayed your Fajr up until the sunrise. And as for the evening ones, then what we mean by that in this context is from after the Asr up until Maghrib. So after Asr up until Maghrib, that section, that late afternoon, that time just before Maghrib from Asr till Maghrib is considered the evening supplication time. For the context of what we've mentioned here and these evidences. And the morning, as we said, from after the Fajr up until sunrise. Ala anna al-amr fi dhalika wasi' insha'Allah fi ma law nasiya al-abdu dhalika fi waqtihi aw arada lahu aaridun fala ba'sa an yatiya bi adhkar al-sabah ba'da tulu'i shams. وَأَذْكَارِ الْمَسَاءِ بَعْدَ غُرُوبِهَا 
This does not mean that those times from after Fajr up until sunrise and after Asr up until Maghrib are absolutely restricted times. If you, for whatever reason, did not do your morning supplications before sunrise, for whatever reason, whatever happened, then it is allowed and you can still do them after sunrise. And the same for the other end of the day, if for some reason you were unable to do your supplications and remembrances before sunset, then it is allowed and you can still do them after Maghrib too. أَمَّا عَنِ الْأَذْكَارِ الْمَشْرُوعَةِ وَالْأَدْعِيَةِ الْمَأْثُورَةِ الَّتِي تُقَالُ فِي هَذَيْنِ الْوَقْتَيْنِ الْفَاضِلَيْنِ فَهِيَ كَثِيرًا وَمُتَنَوِّعًا So now that we know when those two time periods are, for the morning and the evening. Now we need to look at the exact actual supplications and du'as that are mentioned in the sunnah to read in that morning and that evening time. And the shaykh says there are actually very many. There are very many supplications mentioned in the sunnah to be read in that morning time and in that evening time. And he says we're going to mention some of them here. <coughs> One of those examples, Rawa Abu Dawood wa Tirmidhi wa ghayruhuma an Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu qal qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ما من عبد يقول في صباح كل يوم ومساء كل ليلة بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم ثلاث مرات لم يضره شيء. In this hadith that is reported by Abu Dawood and At-Tirmidhi and others besides them. From Uthman ibn Affan radiyallahu anhu that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that whomsoever or rather there is not a servant there is not a servant who says in the morning of every day and in the evening of every night Bismillah in the name of Allah, الَّذِي لَا يَضُرُّ مَعَ اسْمِهِ شَيْءٍ The one whom, along with his name, no harm can come in this earth nor in the heavens. And he is السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ The all-hearing, the all-knowledgeable. Whomsoever says that, every morning and every evening, then no harm will then come to that person. Fahada 
التي ينبغي أن يحافظ عليها المسلم كل صباح ومساء So this is one of those great supplications that every believer should guard over and make sure that they read every morning and every evening ليكون بذلك محفوظا بإذن الله تعالى so that the person is then guarded by Allah kept safe from harm من أن يصيبه فجأة بلاء أو ضر مصيبة أو نحو ذلك so that the person is not afflicted by some calamity some trial some harm you read this dua this supplication every morning and every evening قال القرطبي رحمه الله تعالى عن هذا الحديث الإمام القرطبي رحمه الله تعالى he mentioned about this hadith هذا خبر صحيح وقول صادق علمناه this is a true statement or a, a true information and a truthful statement and we know of it and its evidence فإني منذ سمعته عَمِلْتُ بِهِ He said, from experience we know about this particular dua and its impact. And ever since I heard about it, then I always say it. فَإِنِّي مُنْذُ سَمِعْتُهُ عَمِلْتُ بِهِ فَلَمْ يَذُرَّنِي شَيْءٌ إِلَىٰ أَنْ تَرَكْتُهُ He said, ever since I heard it, I used to practice it. Meaning every morning he would read it and every evening he would read it. He said, ever since I did that, no harm ever came to me. Until I ended up one day forgetting it. When I ended up not saying it. And then, That on that night, I ended up being stung, bitten by a scorpion. Ended up being stung by a scorpion. فَتَفَكَّرْتُ He said, then I thought about things. I pondered over things. فَإِذَا أَنَا قَدْ نَسِيتُ أَنْ أَتَعَوَّذَ بِتِلْكَ الْكَلِمَاتِ He said, I then remembered and I realized I had not sought refuge in Allah by those words, by those uh, supplications, by that dua. He'd forgotten it. And as a consequence, he said, it was decreed that on that occasion when I forgot, I ended up being stung or bitten by a scorpion. And that is mentioned in some of the books, that particular narration. وجاء في سنن الترمذي عن أبان ابن عثمان رحمه الله وهو الراوي حديث عثمان راوي الحديث عن عثمان أنه قد أصابه طرف فالج وهو شلل يصيب أحد شقي الجسم فجعل رجل منهم ينظر إليه فقال له أبان ما تنظر 
ama innal hadith kama haddathtuka walakinni lam aqulhu yawma idhin liyumdi Allahu alayya qadara Aban ibn Uthman he was one of the narrators of that hadith the hadith that we quoted where the prophet sallallahu said ma min abdin yaqulu fi sabahi kulli yawm wa masa'i kulli layla bismillah alladhi la yadhurru ma ismihi shay' fi al-ardi wala fi as-samaa' That narration is from Uthman ibn Affan The one who narrated it from Uthman ibn Affan Aban ibn Uthman So Aban ibn Uthman Rahimahullah He was uh, What occurred to him was A type of paralysis In one side of his body A type of paralysis In one side of his body whereby you can't move, sometimes you can't move your body paralyzed. He got a type of paralysis in one half of his body, and so somebody was looking at him, like staring at him. He said, what are you looking at? He said, the hadith is just like I narrated it to you. What's, what's happening here? Why was somebody looking at him surprised? Because Aban was the one who used to narrate as long as you say that dua morning and evening, no harm will come to you. Now some harm had come to him. So this man was looking at him thinking, what's going on? He's the one who told us about the dua and that if you read it, no harm will come to you. Now this harm has come to him. So Aban said, what are you looking at? The hadith I narrated to you, that is exactly how it is. However, I didn't say it on that occasion. I didn't. Do that supplication on that occasion. And as a consequence, that decree of Allah, of the the preservation of being guarded from harm, didn't occur for me, and the harm came to me. So this is similar to the statement of Imam Al-Qurtubi, that the one who doesn't recite that, then you are open to the harm. وَالسُنَّةِ فِي هَذَا الذِّكْرِ أَنْ يُقَالْ ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتِ كُلَّ صَبَاحٍ وَمَسَاءٍ and the sunnah with regards to this particular supplication is that it should be recited three times. This particular supplication should be recited three times. <coughs> you remember at the beginning of the dua, it was Bismillah. أي بسم الله أستعيذ فكل فاعل يقدر فعلا مناسبا لحاله عندما يبسمل فالآكل يقدر آكل أي بسم الله آكل والذابح يقدر أذبح والكاتب يقدر أكتب وهكذا When it comes to saying بسم الله and that is, as they say, etc., that you are seeking the aid and assistance and preservation from Allah in what you're doing. And there is always a particular action that you're doing. So, for example, somebody who is eating and says, Bismillah, then it is like you're saying, In the name of Allah, I'm now going to eat. If it is, for example, somebody slaughtering, sacrificing, then Bismillah, in the name of Allah, I'm going to 
sacrifice or slaughter, you're writing a book in the name of Allah, you're going to start writing. So there is always an action there which is perceived, muqaddar. You don't say it, you don't always say in the name of Allah, I'm going to eat now. You don't say Bismillah and then Akulu or Adbahu or whatever. That is perceived and understood in the moment of what you're doing. So it says here Bismillah in the name of Allah, meaning that you are seeking aid and assistance in Allah. Awluhu Alladhi la yadurru ma'a ismihi shay' fil ardi wa la fil sama'. The one whom alongside his name nothing can harm you from the earth nor in the heavens. Ay man ta'awwadha bismillah fa innahu la tadurruhu musibatun min jihatil ard wa la min jihatil sama'. That whomsoever seeks refuge in the name of Allah seeks refuge in Allah, then nothing can harm that person neither from the heavens nor from the earth. You seek refuge in Allah for protection, then nothing is going to be able to harm you in the heavens nor in the earth. That he is the all-hearing, the all-knowledgeable. That he is the all hearing of all of the statements of his servants. And that he is the all knowledgeable of their actions and nothing is concealed or hidden from him in the heavens nor in the earth. رضي الله عنه قال جاء رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال يا رسول الله <coughs> in the hadith reported by الإمام مسلم from Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه he said a man came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال يا رسول الله and then the man said, O oh Messenger of Allah, مَا لَقِيتُ مِنْ عَقْرَبٍ لَدَغَتْنِي الْبَارِحَةِ قَالْ أَمَا لَوْ قُلْتَ حِينَ أَمْسَيْتَ أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَاتِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقْ لَمْ تَذُرَّكَ he said, the man, O Messenger of Allah, مَا لَقِيتُ مِنْ عَقْرَبٍ لَدَغَتْنِ الْبَارِحَةِ That I did not come across a scorpion that they bit me last night. That he was being bit, bitten by the scorpion. So then the Messenger said to him, أَمَا لَوْ قُلْتَ حِينَ أَمْسَيْتَ Had you have said, at the time of the evening, when the evening came in, that I seek refuge in, in the perfect words of Allah, in the perfect and complete words of Allah, 
from the evil of what he has created, then nothing would have harmed you. It wouldn't have harmed you. This is also an evidence the scholars they use to tell you and to show you that the Quran is غَيْرُ مَخْلُوقٍ that you seek refuge in the perfect and complete words of Allah. That means the words of Allah are not created because doing isti'adha bil makhluq in things that they cannot aid you in would be shirk. So this is a proof also that the Quran is ghayru makhluq. Wa fi riwayah lit-tirmidhi in another narration or version mentioned by Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi, مَنْ قَالَ حِينَ يُمْسِي ثَلَاثَ مَرَّاتِ أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَاتِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقْ لَمْ يَذُرَّهُ حُمَةٌ تِلْكَ اللَّيْلَةِ That whomsoever, <coughs> he says, when at the evening time, when the evening comes in, if he was to say three times, أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ تَمَّتْ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقٍ That I seek refuge in Allah from the... Uh, I seek refuge in the perfect words of Allah from the evil of what He created, then nothing will harm him or the humah will not harm him that night. And what is the humah? الحمه لَدْغَةُ كُلِّ ذِي سُمِّنْ كَالْعَقْرَبُ وَنَحْوِهَا the sting of everything poisonous. That no sting of anything poisonous or bite of anything poisonous will harm that individual on that night. And I believe, Allahu A'lam, you can go and research and this can be a homework, a heavy duty homework. But the previous narration of Imam Al-Qurtubi, when he said that on one occasion he forgot to say the dua, the earlier dua, Bismillah, الَّذِي لَا يَضُرُّ مَعَ اسْمِهِ شَيْءٍ That was the context of his narration. But I recall that there was a narration of Imam Al-Qurtubi, he was saying it was this dua that he forgot to say one night. أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ تَامَّاتِ مِشَرِّ مَا خَلَقِ But here in the book, the one referenced is the other dua. So if anybody can find that narration where Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi mentions the same thing that he used to make the dua all the time but on one night he forgot to say أَعُذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ تَامَتْ مِشَرِّ مَا خَلَقِ That was the night he was bitten by a scorpion. So see if anybody can find that version of the narration. وَقَدْ أَوْرَدَ التِّرْمِذِي عَقِبَ الْحَدِيثِ عَنْ سُهَيْلِ بْنْ أَبِي صَالِحِ أَحَدْ رُوَاتِهِ أَنَّهُ قَالْ It is mentioned, Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi added on, annexed on at the end of the hadith from Suhail ibn Abi Salih, one of the narrators of that same hadith, أَنَّهُ قَالْ that he said, كَانَ أَهْلُنَا تَعَلَّمُوهَا فَكَانُوا يَقُولُونَهَا كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ فَلُدِغَتْ جَارِيَةٍ مِنْهُمْ 
فلم تجد لها وجعا he said that our our family our our people our family they learned it this dua اعوذ بكلمات الله تامات they learned this particular dua or even the initial dua the dua of the preservation for yourself and they used to say it every night they used to say the dua every night one night though a young girl from them from amongst them was stung by a scorpion though however لم تجد لها وجعا even though she was stung there was no pain or impact from it no pain or impact from it and that is again narrating the impact of this dua for the one who says it knows its meaning with iman and certainty فالحديث فيه دلالة على فضل هذا الدعاء so this narration has within it an indication and evidence upon the virtue of this dua وَأَنَّ مَنْ قَالَهُ حِينَ يُمْسِي يَكُونُ مَحْفُوظًا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ مِنْ أَنْ يَذُرَّهُ لَدْغُ حَيَّةٍ وَعَقْرَبٍ وَنَحْوِ ذَلِكِ And that whoever says this dua when going into the evening time, then he will be preserved, guarded, safety given to him by the permission of Allah from being harmed by the sting or the bite of a scorpion or a snake or other than that similar to that so this is one example this is one example that is mentioned another example then inna min al-adhkar Also, from the examples of the, supplic- <coughs> of the supplications that you do in the morning and the evening, and the morning we said is when? When is the morning time? These du'as, these adhkar, these supplications are for the morning and the evening. When is the morning? You don't know when the morning is? Almost. Fajr, what do you mean by fajr? Fajr time? What's Fajr? We said after the Fajr prayer, when you get up in the morning, Fajr time starts, you pray the Fajr prayer. After the Fajr prayer, up until just before Qabla Talu'i Shams, that time is the Adhkar al-Sabah. أذكار المساء when is the evening عصر what so once you pray your عصر prayer then after that up until the maghrib 
that was highlighted as the time for the evening prayer uh, of the evening adhkar. Because you might pray Asr near Maghrib. Yes, because mm. it has to be after the prayer or can it be before the prayer but in the time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here when he explained the time, الشمس, والمساء, العشي, والآصال, مِنْ بَعْدِ صَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ إِلَىٰ قَبْلِ الْغْرُوبِ He mentioned here, this is the explanation of Shaykh Abdul Razak al-Abbad. He said that it is after the Fajr prayer, once you've prayed up until just before sunrise, and the evening is after the Asr prayer, he says, up until the sun uh, set. And that's specific, because you can easily just say, from the duhul of the waqtul asr, but he said, ba'da salat al asr. So Allahu a'lam, if you can do those adhkar beforehand, before having prayed your fajr, or before having prayed your asr yet, all he mentions here is, it should be after you prayed up until the sunset, and in the morning, after you pray your fajr up until the sunrise. But then he did mention, ala anna al-amr, في ذلك واسع إن شاء الله فيما لو نسي العبد ذلك في وقته أو عرض له عارض فلا بأس أن يأتي بأذكار الصباح بعد طلوع الشمس وأذكار المساء بعد غروبها If a person forgot then you could do them after sunrise or in the evening after sunset but still nothing mentioned about doing it before you prayed that Fajr or before you prayed that Asr. So the homework is going to be this one. This is more important. The other one you will find it difficult to find. The homework is to check. Can you start doing the morning Adhkar as soon as Fajr time enters, even if you haven't prayed Fajr yet? And can you do the evening adhkar as soon as the asr time enters, even though you haven't prayed asr yet? That will be the research for this week. Then, <clears throat> another example. Oh. That's okay. It's the evening of the day, because night time of the day begins at Maghrib. The night time of the day begins at Maghrib, even in English. After Maghrib, it's night time. So after Asr, even if it is 2 o'clock these days, that's considered as the time for these adhkar, even though our word doesn't fit in English to say evening. But it works after Asr to the sunset, even if it is at 2 o'clock nowadays. <coughs> so then the next example... إِنَّ مِنَ الْأَذْكَارِ الْعَظِيمَةِ وَالدَّعْوَاتِ الْمُبَارَكَةِ الَّتِي يَنْبَغِي عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يُحَافِظَ عَلَيْهَا كُلَّ صَبَاحٍ وَمَسَاءٍ مَا ثَبَتَ فِي صَحِيحِ الْبُخَارِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ شَدَّادِ بْنِ أَوْسِ 
رضي الله عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال So another one of the great duas or remembrances, supplications uh, that a Muslim should guard over and make sure that he says in that morning time of the adhkar and the evening time of the adhkar is what has been proven in Sahih al-Bukhari from the hadith of Shaddad ibn Aws radiyallahu anhu that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Sayyidu al-Istighar an yaqul that the head of the seeking of forgiveness is that you say Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa ant <coughs> that oh Allah you are my lord anta rabbi you are my lord la ilaha illa ant there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except you فيه تذلل وخضوع وانكسار بين يدي الله وإيمان بوحدانيته سبحانه في ربوبيته وألوهيته فقوله أنت ربي أي ليس لي رب ولا خالق سواك والرب هو المالك الخالق الرازق المدبر لشؤون خلقه فهذا إقرار بتوحيد الربوبية وَلِهَذَا أَعْقَبَهُ بِقَوْلِهِ As we're going to see now, خَلَقْتَنِي أي أَنْتَ رَبِّي أَلَّذِي خَلَقْتَنِي لَيْسَ لِي خَالِقٌ سِوَاكِ So in this opening part, اللهم أنت ربي لا إله إلا أنت That oh Allah, you are my Lord, an affirmation of the rububiyyah of Allah. That Allah is al-khaliq, al-malik, al-raziq, Al-Mudabbir, Al-Muhi, Al-Mumit, that Allah is the creator, the sustainer, the provider, the one who gives life and death, the one who controls. You are affirming the Lordship of Allah. La ilaha illa ant. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except you. La ilaha illa ant. Ya'ani la ma'buda bihaqqin illa ant. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except you. That is the uluhiyyah. Singling out your worship to Allah alone. Khalaqtani. You created me. Wa ana abduka. And I am your servant. Khalaqtani. Wa ana abduka. You created me and I am your servant. Ya'ani ana abidun laka. Fa anta al-ma'bood bihaq. وَلَا مَعْبُودَ بِحَقٍ سِوَاكِ I am your abd, meaning I am your servant, I am the one who worships you, and there is no deity deserving of worship in truth besides you. So that is, أَنَا عَبْدُكَ خَلَقْتَنِي وَأَنَا عَبْدُكَ وَأَنَا عَلَى عَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَسْتَطَعْتَ and I am upon عهدك meaning upon your covenant وعدك upon your promise 
as long as I am able what I am able. <coughs> Ay, wa ana ala ma ahattuka alayh, wa waadtuka min al-imani bika wal-qiyami bita'atika wa mtithali awamirik. Ma stada'at, ay ala qadr istada'ati, fa innahu subhanahu la yukallifu nafsan illa usaha. That you are saying, I am upon your covenant and promise, meaning I am upon the rights of the servant to you. I am upon the rights that are upon me as a servant to you. I am upon the fulfillment of my iman to you, upon the fulfillment of my obedience to you, upon the commandments. Mastatat. To the level of my ability. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not hold a person accountable for something that is beyond his ability. So if it is beyond your ability, then you are not held accountable for that. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا أُسْعَاهَا that Allah does not burden a soul greater than it can carry, greater than it can burden. So then that's what you say. Ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika mastata'at. Then, a'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'atu. That I seek refuge in you from the evil that I have done basically اي التجئ اليك يا الله واعتصم بك من شر الذي صنعته من شر مغبته وسوء عاقبته وحلول عقوبته وعدم مغفرته او من العود الى مثله من شر الافعال وقبيح الاعمال ورديء الخصال that you are seeking refuge in Allah from the evil of what you have done. That you are seeking refuge in Allah from the evil consequences that may have occurred from that evil that you engaged in. From the lack of forgiveness. You are seeking refuge from being in a situation where you are not going to be forgiven for your sins. You want the forgiveness and you want to avoid the evil consequences so you are seeking forgiveness and seeking refuge in Allah from that evil. وَأَبُوءُ لَكَ بِذَنْبِ فَاغْفِرْ لِي أَيْ أَعْتَرِفُ بِعِظَمِ إِنْعَامِكَ عَلَيَّهِ وَتَرَادُ فِي فَضْلِكَ وَإِحْسَانِكَ وَفِي ضِمْنِ ذَلِكَ شُكْرِ الْمُنْعِمْ سُبْحَانَهُ وَالتَّبَرِّ مِنْ كُفْرَانِ النِّعْمِ أَبُوءُ لك بنعمة نعم فست أبوه لك بذنبي فاغفر لي لا ومست أبوه لك بنعمتك عليه ذن وأبوه لك بذنبي فاغفر لي. That firstly I acknowledge the great blessings that you have bestowed upon me. I acknowledge أبوه لك بنعمتك عليه. That I acknowledge the great blessings that you have bestowed upon me. And from that acknowledgement of these blessings is that you thank the one who bestowed those blessings upon you. 
So you thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those blessings. Then, وَأَبُوءُ بِذَنْبِ That I acknowledge, يعني أُقِرْ بِذَنْبِ وَهُوَ مَرْتَكَبْتُهُ مِنْ إِثْمْ وَخَطِيئَةِ مِنْ تَقْصِيرِ فِي وَاجِبْ أَوْ فِعْلِ مَحْضُورِ That I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my sin that I may have uh, engaged in the error that I fell into, the shortcoming, taqseer fi wajib aw fi'n the shortcoming that I fell into in regards to fulfilling that obligation or in performing that prohibition. وَالِعْتَرَافُ بِذَنْبِ وَالتَّقْصِيرِ سَبِيلٌ إِلَى التَّوْبَةِ وَالْإِنَابَةِ Acknowledging your shortcomings and your sins, then that is a means that leads on to seeking forgiveness and making tawbah. But if you don't acknowledge your sins and your shortcomings in the first place, then how are you ever going to seek forgiveness and make tawbah for them? So it says, Abu bi I acknowledge my shortcoming and my sin. Fafirli. So have the forgiveness upon me. Ay, ya Allah, jami'a al-dhunub, fa inna rahmataka wasi'ah, wa safhaka kareem, wa la yata'adhamuka dhambunan taghfira. That your mercy is great and your forgiveness, your, your uh, generosity in forgiving, and no sin is too great for you to forgive. فَأَنْتَ الْغَفُورَ الرَّحِيمِ You are the oft forgiving, the oft merciful. وَلَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ And nobody forgives the sins except you. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ and they oppress themselves, then they remember Allah and they seek forgiveness for their sins. And who is the one who forgives the sins except Allah? Thumma inna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khatama hadha dua bi bayan al ajr al azim. والثواب الجزيل الذي يناله من يحافظ عليه كل صباح ومساء فقال So at the end of the dua, that's the end of the dua up to there. Then the Prophet ﷺ rounded off by clarifying the great virtue of this particular dua. فقال من قالها so the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever says this dua, min al-nahar, muqinan biha, whoever says this dua, uh, in, the, in the day, in certainty in its meanings and what it, what it holds, you have an understanding of all of that dua as we've broken it down there briefly. You know the meanings of that dua. You believe in that with certainty when you say it. Ay, musaddiqan biha, mu'taqidan laha. Believing in it, having firm certainty in it. Likawniha min kalam al-ma'asum, alladhi la yantiqu anil hawa. 
because that is from revelation it is from the statement of the prophet sallallahu who does not speak from desire in huwa illa wahyun yuha salawatullahi sallallahu alayhi famata min yawmihi qabla an yumsi fa huwa min ahli aljannah that a person who then dies on that day before the evening then he is from the people of paradise وَمَنْ قَالَهَا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ And whoever says it in the evening, وَهُوَ مُوْقِنٌ بِهَا And he says it upon absolute certainty, فَمَا تَقَبْلَ أَنْ يُصْبِحْ And then he dies before awakening in the morning, فَهُوَ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ Then he is from the people of paradise. وَإِنَّمَا حَازَ الْمُحَافِظُ عَلَى هَذَا الدُّعَى هذا الموعود الكريم والأجر العظيم والثواب الجزيل لأنه افتتح نهاره واختتمه بتوحيد الله في ربوبيته وأولهيته والاعتراف بالعبودية ومشاهدة المنة والاعتراف بالنعمة ومطالعة عيب النفس وتقصيرها وطلب العفو والمغفرة من الغفار مع القيام على قدم الذل والخضوع والانكسار وهي معان جليلة وهي معان جليلة وصفات كريمة يفتتح بها النهار ويختتم جدير صاحبها أو المحافظ عليها بالعفو والغفران والعتق من النيران والدخول الجنان نسأل الله الكريم من فضله so the reason why that person is considered to be from the people of paradise if he says it in the morning and dies before the evening or says it in the evening and dies before the morning is because of those great meanings you've just seen in that dua. You're affirming the rububiyyah of Allah, the uluhiyyah of Allah. You're affirming your worship and sincerity and purity of worship to Him. You're asking for forgiveness from your sins. You're showing your submissiveness to Allah. All of that you're doing in that dua in the morning and the evening. And so for the one who does that, knowing its meanings, believing in it with certainty, then this great promise is given that he is from the people of paradise. If he says that in the morning and dies before the evening, or says it in the evening and dies before the morning. Huh. No, that is the explanation of the Sheikh. The reference of the hadith. <coughs> The reference of the hadith is Sahih al-Bukhari 6306. That is the second supplication then from the supplications that you would do when? Second? Third? How is it third? Which is the first and the second? Yes, that was given as an explanation within the first. All of that was together. That is considered as one together. It is the same overall meaning. Then this one was now considered as the second one. So, any questions on that? <coughs> if you are still learning Arabic, Tajweed, are you allowed to say the du'as in English? Arabic and Tajweed are two separate things. 
You don't need to know Tajweed to be able to read the dua. You don't even need to know Tajweed to be able to read the prayer. You don't even need to know Tajweed to be able to lead the prayer. As long as you know the basic maharij, everything, that is sufficient. Tajweed is something different. But Arabic, to be able to read Arabic, if you're still learning how to read Arabic, can you read these du'as in English? Really, that is not the point of them. These du'as, they are specific du'as mentioned, wordings of them are mentioned, they are supposed to be read in the language. And then you obviously are supposed to know their meanings and understand. So if a person, for example, is still learning Arabic and they can't properly read it, then you can get some help, you can get trans, uh, transcribing, uh, transliteration. Transliteration of those du'as that will help you to be able to read them and that's what you should then use. Anything else? <coughs> In that case, we round off for today. Carry on next week at approximately 6.45 p.m. Just after that, 6.45-7. So we'll round off on that for tonight then, inshallah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Burden of the soul. لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وصعها That Allah does not burden a soul greater than it can bear. That is talking about outside of the obligations that are a must obligations the wajibat that are a must are only excused from necessity so for example it is an obligation to pray all of the prayers in their time but if you are the marir you're ill some serious problem some serious illness you're allowed to miss the prayer and Combine. That is only in times of necessity. Otherwise, this issue of burden, it doesn't mean you can abandon the wajibat and say, I don't have the ability. In that case, what if somebody took it a step further? A step further from that and said, that actually, you know, in summer, Fajr is just too early. I just can't get up at that time to pray. No, you can live for Allah and Allah I pray at 8 o'clock when I get up for work. You can't take that, that reasoning of burden to such a level that you now have deficiency in your wajibat. The wajibat are wajibat. You must perform them. Prayer at Fajr in the jama'ah at the time, that's a wajib. You can't say, okay, but it's difficult, etc. You can live Allah nafs in law You can't excuse yourself from obligations in that way. Obligations are only going to be excused in those situations with necessity. If some necessity arises, a bit of difficulty, that's no problem. Of course there's difficulty. As-sabru ala ta'atillah. You have to have patience upon the obedience to Allah. So these are commandments we have to fulfill and we have to be patient on them. And you have to. You have to be patient. If his workplace told him actually your new shift, you're starting at 6 a.m. from now on. Take care or leave it. You're getting sacked otherwise. What's he going to do? Now he's going to get up at 5 a.m. every day. Now he's not going to say to them, but you know in my religion now you can live alone. I can't. You have to leave it at 8 a.m. <laughs> now he's going to get up. He's going to go. He's going to do it. 
So with the prayer, you got to do this. You have to get up, you have to pray. In the winter especially. In the winter, Fajr, middle of the day. Middle of the day, Fajr, for, for in winter here. 7 a.m. the jama'ah, maybe 7.15 a.m. What more time do you want? You're still sleeping at 7 o'clock, 7.30? In Arabic, they say only the women sleep so late. Or the, the meaning, what they mean by that is the men are supposed to get up and go for their jobs and work and earn and do what they need to do. Only the family at home can relax after that time. What are men doing relaxing at 7, 8, 9, 10 in the morning? Get up and go do your work and do what you need to do. So 7 o'clock, 6, 7 in the morning. If it was summer, maybe somebody can bring these excuses and it's difficult and everything. But winter, how can you make these excuses in the times of 7 a.m. for Fajr? So we'll have to round it off there. We'll carry on next week inshallah ta'ala. <laughs>